Shouts to Joel. He's our winner for the uh, final pair of tickets to go watch the 32 Thoughts live recording on a uh, Thursday afternoon in Victoria during uh, Hockey Day in Canada weekend. So it's, uh, it's good to see. I'm giving away a bunch of tickets. Hopefully there's a good turnout there in uh, Victoria as uh, the hockey world comes west to enjoy Hockey Day in Canada. Dan Richo, Satyar Shaw. It is Canuck Central, and uh, you know what? It's it's a Friday, and you know what we like to do on Fridays? We like to play some elevator music and get to the mailbag. Do you wait to open your mail on Fridays now that we do Mailbag Friday? <laughs> uh, generally not. Yeah. I don't Wait, even, do you like, even check your mailbox? Mail. I don't even yeah, get do much check? of the mail anymore. Like, like most of my, my bills are uh, all uh, are all paper or sort of online. With, yeah, I, I, same here. Like, how often do you even check your mailbox? I would say once a week. Once a week? Yeah. Once. I've a gone week. months without checking my mailbox. Months. <laughs> yeah, I'm not I kidding. Just, months. I kind of feel bad for the the mail people. Do they clear they, out the flyers if yeah. uh, if the thing is getting overflowed? I don't know. Or do they just stuff it in there? Mm. Yeah, I mean, I don't get. I haven't got. Maybe that's why. I don't you want your seen, fast food coupon sat? I don't get any any of that stuff in my thing. Really? I think I have one of the one things that what? say like no, no. Yeah, I don't get any of that. Oh man. Yeah, I think I have something on on uh, on mine that says like, don't give me any of the <laughs> stuff I don't need. Basically, <laughs> like and anything that shows up that delivery, you get you buzz them. And I live in a you know apartment building, like condo, so like I have to buzz somebody in. If they're dropping it off, which is actually really good because even when I'm not home, I can buzz somebody in and they can drop it off in front of my door. And so I usually get stuff on my door or the lobby. Um, yeah, that's that's the way uh, that's the way it happens for me. I always hate when I get uh, a call and I'm like, oh damn, I missed a delivery. Now who knows how this is going to work out? You never know if they're going to like bring it again the next day, or you got to like drive out to Richmond to pick it out one of the the distribution centers. I'd like pre- I never know. It's a different rule every time. I'd prefer they just brought it somewhere else though, you yeah. know? As yeah. opposed to being like, "Hey, we'll try again tomorrow because I know it's not going to work <laughs> out." <laughs> Let me just pick it up somewhere, please. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's get to actual questions from the listeners. Uh the first one from Taj. Do you think Quinn will give Crosby the C when Crosby signs here in 2 years? <laughs> That's going to be like Lyndon Messi 2.0. Uh, no, I don't think so. I think uh, Huggy holds on to it when Sidney Crosby finally signs here in two years. Big agree. Also, uh, for as much as uh, <laughs> Jim Rutherford was waxing poetic about um, about Sidney Crosby in that interview we did with, or that uh, interview he did with Josh Yoey, who was on the show earlier this week. Mm-hmm. Um, I, like, there's no way Pittsburgh lets go of Sidney Crosby. Like, I, <laughs> this is not happening. And also, Crosby, I feel like if he doesn't stay in Pittsburgh, he's just going to retire. Yeah. I, it would be so well, weird to see Sidney Crosby somewhere else. I, I, listen, like, I guess it could happen, but... They have new ownership. Yeah. They have a new general manager who may or may not be a mark. But, I mean, who knows? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, you're not. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, you're not. Uh, look, the only way Sidney Crosby is not a Pittsburgh Penguin is if Sidney Crosby doesn't want to be a Pittsburgh Penguin. Like, he sees there's no way I'm going to win another cup here and I'm just going to try and latch on somewhere else. Like, he could pull the Joe Pavelski, I guess, but... Yeah, they would have to disrespect him like before his contract's up somehow, and he doesn't feel like he's done. Like Something's going to have to go really awry for him to balance out of Pittsburgh. He saved the franchise. I know, and he saved the <laughs> like NHL. They would not exist without him, literally. The NHL may not exist. Remember there was somebody trying to buy the whole league <laughs> when they were when they were in that lockout back yes. in 04 or 05? Boots Del Viaggio. Yeah, he's like he was like oh no no it wasn't him it was somebody it was somebody offering it was like they were offering like eight hundred million for the whole league or something or seven hundred million for the whole league yeah man I just saw a story that uh, ESPN is like offering the NFL a stake in ESPN or something like that that's wild well that's the only way you can get in with the NFL nowadays <laughs> no it was just here's... own our company then then we'll uh, we'll wait, we'll work this out I don't know. And that would be like this, part of Disney too, I guess. Yeah. Like, wow. Oh my! Yeah, could you imagine? <laughs> it's no. great. We're gonna get more more football movies. Let's go. That's good. More little giants type movies. Let's make a remake. Uh, next one, Austin and Langley. What are the realistic assets that the Canucks can move? This is an exercise to discuss what prospects or players actually have positive value. Oh, prospects? I mean, there are a lot of prospects that have positive value. Like I've said, and I think we made this pretty clear the last couple of days, and yesterday we kind of went through you know, the, the assets the Canucks have uh, with Bick. But outside of Lekaramaki and Willander, and I don't think they're going to trade either, either of those guys, Like, I'd be open-minded to trade any of those prospects as long as you're getting somebody back for more than just a playoff run. Like, I don't wanna, I'm not giving away uh, you know, Pedersen or Ratu. DPD, not Elias Pedersen. Well, they're both Elias Pedersen. DPD, uh, like I, you know. But if I'm trading one of those guys, I'm doing it for somebody with control. But I, I I'm, I'm open-minded, man. You can talk me into pretty much anybody if you're not talking about Lakira Mackey or Willander out of the prospect pool. Uh, this is like uh, when, when Josh and I are stepping up to the tee, and I'm like, "Do you think I can birdie this hole?" And Josh's like, "Yeah, you can." I just, you just won't. <laughs> just won't. <laughs> well, you well, can. Maybe you might. <laughs> um, so, yes, th- there are assets the Canucks can move. Willander and, and Lekromacki, have, have, they, they definitely can. But as Sat says, they probably won't move those. Um, the first-round pick has a lot of value. I think Hoaglander is, is probably the one that, uh, as we've talked about for – a uh, couple of weeks, months now. You know, that's probably one that still has value around the league, and is more of an established player. And sometimes you know, teams value that even more than than a prospect. So, Hoaglander is definitely one I think that that is on the table. And beyond that, you know, Pod Colson probably still has value around the league. Uh, there, a lot of the Abbotsford guys have maybe gained some value. For, for the Vancouver Canucks. I think you know, there's there's a lot of options that they have. Um, are they you know ones that get a deal done for an impact player? I'm curious about that, but they, they have assets that they can move to, to acquire something at the deadline. Next one from Jim. Would you look at trading Ilya Mikheyev? They don't really utilize him on the PK. Mm-hmm. Power play two doesn't get that much time, and mm-hmm. five on five, he's not really doing too much. So I mean, l- listen. He's he's not the type of player that who's untouchable. Obviously, uh, I I am wondering. I'm starting to wonder why they're not using him on the PK, or if, if if it's not related to the injury and load management coming back from his knee injury, and and still not asking him to do too much because they've kept his ice time 
you know, in that kind of 14, 15, 16, 17 minute range. Like he doesn't really go above that at all, right? He's kind of been in, in a very defined range so far this season. If they're not going to use him on the PK, I'm far more open-minded to trade him. But the one thing I will say about Mikheyev, he's the type of forechecking, speedy, size winger this team wants more of. And the scoring... He's a 20-goal scorer. What does it mean if you're a 20-goal scorer? It means you're going to go at least 55 to 60 games where you don't score any goals. At least, right? So you always have to keep that in mind. When a guy who scores 20 goals goes through a spell where he's not scoring as much, that's kind of par for the course. But having guys like him with the size, the speed combination, the forechecking, and the ability to give you a little bit of pop, the F1 type of forward, like ideally when he's at his best, they're kind of hard to find that can play with your skilled players in, in the top six. So I don't think it's, it's easy to replace him, but it's not a guy that I would say I'm not moving. I'm just not quite sure they're there during the season to make that type of trade with Mikheyev by the deadline. So Mikheyev has played 84 games with the Vancouver Canucks. Just over a full season. 23 yeah. goals, 27 assists, 50 points. For four and a half million bucks with all the other things that he can do and the profile of player that he is... I'd sign that contract again today and know and understand that's a player that is hard to, I wouldn't say like impossible to replace, but they're hard to replace because they don't come available all that often around the league, size, speed, combo, defensive value, all those things. And so when you have one, they're harder to part with and they're harder to find. The Canucks, as you said, need more of them, not less of players like Ilya Mikheyev. I've noticed um, that in more recent games, the burst seems to be getting back to where I would have expected mm-hmm. it before the knee injury. Uh, I, I Like, the only explanation I would have that he doesn't play more on the penalty kill is that um, it, it, it's a load management thing. Because it was clearly one of the reasons they brought him in at first. And... The fact that he hasn't done it as much as I would have expected him to tells me that this is something they are still building him towards. And I would imagine you get closer to that as you get closer to the postseason this year. So I'm, I'm really curious to see how that develops. But I, I, don't, I don't think that Mikheyev is, is a guy that's on the trade block for this team. No. Now, I would say this. Let's say that there's a team that wants a player back in return to trade away their front-line winger and a guy that could do some of the similar things that Mikheyev can do, but at a higher level, and they want Mikheyev back, okay, sure, but you have to replace what he does in that trade. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, And it's just not likely that that happens by the deadline. Next one from Alan. If the interest in Chris Tanev is real, does this mean either Ian Cole or Tyler Myers will be moved? Myers is finally playing well and fits the big mobile D-man that the coach is like. Because it's a righty, I would I would say Myers is more likely to be moved in that sort of a scenario. Now, look, uh, Jim Rutherford, we, we talked about it earlier in the show, which you can go back and find on podcast. You know, he, he, when he spoke to Pierre Lebrun, he mentioned that the Canucks will, will look at D, but it's it's not the priority. A top six D, a top six forward is what is more the priority right now for this team because you already have an, like all you have so much money tied up back on on D you've got to move somebody out in order to bring somebody in and i would say Myers makes more sense in the Chris Tanev scenario because he is a right shot 
So you bring in a right shot, you send out a right shot, and number two, if you're able to get all of Meyer's salary off to somebody else, and you could even gain some cap space out of a transaction like that and have more to use to acquire a forward up front. So I, to me, that in my head is the NHL 24 version of how this all works. Yeah, okay, so <laughs> I, NHL 24, I'm glad you said that. So, I mean, bear, just, just bear with me for a moment. The only way you can trade Myers' entire salary is either if you're doing it for money in and money out, or you're trading him to a team. Let's say you trade Tyler Myers to the Chicago Blackhawks because they have the cap space. They take the entire contract and they give you a third, and then they flip him for like a third plus something and retain half the salary. So you're not maximizing the return in terms of um, draft capital, but you're maximizing it in terms of cap space. And then you can use that cap space to go out and do other things, right? But the problem with that is you get cap space, but not as many assets back in return. So then you have to pay even more to go out and get somebody. So I, I'm just not sure that's going to happen. And if you're trading Myers or retaining some of it, that's kind of money in and money out anyways because you're retaining half the salary. To me, the guy to keep an eye on if they're actually going after Zadorov would be, I mean, going after Tanev would be Zadorov. I don't think Cole's going anywhere. He's been so good defensively, and like, he brings that presence, the veteran presence, the physicality as well. And he's been so solid for this team. Like, isn't that the type of guy you want to have here in the postseason? Like, that's how I would view him. And if you get rid of Myers, you're still kind of short a righty unless you have Juleson playing every day. So, like, it wouldn't shock me that if they do Tanev, it's not necessarily Myers, which could happen. It could also be Zadorov if they're not going to be able to sign him. That would be a spicy one. I love the like, and I don't think this this management is opposed to anything, and that's kind of what I truly like about what we've seen from the front office and what's almost uh, twenty four months on the job. Would be a real four D chess move for the management. <laughs> oh, it would it would definitely be a four D chess move. Yeah. Yes, everyone would say that. More uh, so next than question. 3D. Yes, yeah. Our prime over under on the Canucks <laughs> obtaining two roster players via trade by the trade deadline. Two roster players. So if you put the over-under at 1.5, I'm taking the over. What if it's at 2.5? Then I'm taking the under. So you're saying two. I, I think two's the number. Like, I mean, I don't know if you can make three. I guess you could, but it's just it just becomes too many pieces, yeah. I find. And, and I wouldn't put it past these guys with the number of trades they've made, right? I mean, maybe it's four or five. Who knows? But I don't want to do too much tinkering here, Sat. I know you don't. Got I know a good you're reluctant. Team already. I know you're afraid, but I can see two. I can see them getting a forward and getting a defenseman. And maybe it's not a top four defenseman. I could see it being somebody else that's for depth to upgrade on Friedman at the very least. Yeah. You know, like a cheaper guy that you have as your seven eight that can battle Juleson. So you have, you know, you go eight deep with guys you feel comfortable with. I could see that if it's not Tanev, but the priority is a forward. I think two is the number of players they add. I think that's the number. I'd say poor Mark Friedman, but hey, guy's getting an NHL paycheck. He's on. A, he's on the one of the best teams in the Western Conference. Yeah, he just he was he playing just in the played AHL. Months. Yeah, just, you know. <laughs> At least you're in the show. <laughs> well, least... like, is he? I guess he is. <laughs> well, he is. He literally is. He's, he he's, travels he's, with the team. Yeah, he's in the show. If it walks like a duck, <laughs> <laughs> he's in the show. Um, I, like two does seem like a, a, a fair number. Uh, they're not going to do nothing, right? They yeah. uh, they are going to get something that they think helps this team but it could be one impact player and one depth player so and maybe even two depth players but it does feel like they will add a couple of things before the trade deadline is up yeah 
Next one from Dom. Chicago offers Elias Pettersson two years at $15 million. He signs it in this theoretical scenario. Do you match it or take the picks, which would be 2025 to 2028 first round picks? Well, you take the picks, don't you? I mean, if he signs the offer sheet for two years, he's telling you he's not going to be here. And then you sign and match it for a year, and then you try to trade him a year later. Just take the picks. Yeah. yeah if if he gets he, to that point, you take the picks. You're either making the bet that the you can do better than four first-round picks from a team that isn't very good. Yeah. This so, is hypothetical, by yeah, the way. Yeah. This is not happening. <laughs> this is a yeah. question for those just tuning in. Like, well, you got to talk about trading Patterson for four picks? No, I'm just, this is a question in the mailbag. So kind of the bet you're making, too, is like you're betting that Chicago would still be bad. Yeah. Well, I mean, even if they're – like how good would they be in the first two years like, they could have Bedard, Pedersen, and Macklin Celebrini. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what yeah, so you got. But right? also, I mean, by those years, you're paying Bedard as well. Yeah. But also, in this theoretical world, Celebrini would be on a rookie contract still. So, I don't know. I just, their, their roster is so bleak. How much better can you make it in that short amount of time? They got all the cap space in the world. Um, we well, got Nick Felino signed now, so yeah. they're gonna be fine. <laughs> it's all figured out. I just—they probably wouldn't be a, a, a bottom five team though, with uh, with that kind of star talent. No, they probably wouldn't be. And, and it's more about having those picks that you can make trades with. Like you're not you're not getting those picks and saying, "All right, let's like, we have four years of drafting high." Now it's more about okay, now you have four future first. That means you have four drafts in a row where you have two first round draft picks. Yeah. What can you go and acquire with eight draft eight first round picks in four years? That's to me what what you would go and use to try to make your team better, right? You have all these draft picks now. You have some extra cap space. You use that to go out and and find something to make yourself better, or maybe get really spicy and try to trade up in a draft and pick second or first and try to find a superstar that way yeah that's what you would have to do if you get to that point i don't think it gets there but just to answer the question i would match you would yeah and hope that you can convince him to stay in that time or then trade him because obviously he doesn't either that or even like his trade value would still probably be better than the four first round picks i don't know if like can you get better than at 15 million per year yeah like if you're signing 15 million per year like how many teams can take that on even (laughs) That's true. Yeah, you would have Not to, to say would, they, to move them. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, I just think you put yourself in a in a really difficult bind if that happens. I just hope it. Like, let's 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 not live in that world, okay? The Canucks are like you know first in the Western Conference or second in the Western Conference right now. I mean, Canucks fans just like they're they're suckers for pain. That's it. They they just they want to think of the worst case scenario in every situation. It feels like. Okay. Uh, next one, Vicky. What are your NFL picks for this weekend? So go through all six of the games, make your picks. Right. Don't have to give a huge reason. Okay. Just make your picks. He's basically saying don't waste time. Just give me quick <laughs> answers. Uh, yes. Okay, Browns, Texans. Browns. Browns. Shocker. I'm good. Yeah, I mean, it's the Texans. I know CJ Stroud is Yeah. Browns. I'm going Browns, too. Uh, nice. Dolphins, Chiefs. Uh, Chiefs. I'm going Dolphins. Whoo. If it was any other team than the Dolphins, I'd say the team that is against the Chiefs because I don't like the Chiefs this year, the way that they've played. But I don't like the Dolphins either. They can't be good teams, so Chiefs. Fair enough. Uh, uh, Steelers, Bills. Bills, right? Bills. 
Yeah, Bills are going to win. Bills. It'll be Bills, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't like to uh, bet against Mike Tomlin very often, but it's going to be the Bills. Uh, I, I might pick the uh, Steelers against the spread, but Bills are going to win. Cowboys-Packers uh, on Sunday afternoon at one thirty. Cowboys. Yeah, Cowboys. Uh, yeah, I'll go Cowboys as well. Clean sweep there. Rams versus the Lions. I'm going Rams. Woo. Yeah, I'll go Rams too. I think uh, that experience and uh, the coaching, I'll give them the edge in the playoffs. I will go with the Lions. Okay. And final one, Monday Nighter in the playoffs. Love to see it. Eagles, Buccaneers. I'm going Philly. Man, they haven't been good since the big Dom thing happened. Yeah, I, uh, I just don't want to trust Baker Mayfield. Hey, you watch I don't it. trust <laughs> the Eagles Baker. without big Dom. Like, <laughs> this is it, you know? Jalen Hurts is hurting without Big Dom on the sidelines. Let's go, Bucks. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going Baker Mayfield to get his second playoff win. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, Baker Mayfield beat the Steelers in the playoffs once. Yes. Um, I really want to pick the Bucks. They're at home too, which mm-hmm. I do think gives them an edge because they won their division. I just don't know if they have enough. Yeah. Uh, oh, I don't want to be a coward, but I'm picking the Eagles. Coward. I know. I know. I really want to pick the the Bucks, but my heart won't let me. All right, there's our picks. Maybe we'll uh, review them on Monday. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll end with these. They're kind of they go together. Andy, why is it so cold? And this one, <laughs> do you prefer it uncomfortably hot or uncomfortably cold? Oh, give me uncomfortably cold because you know what you can do when it's really, really cold. You can bundle up and you're fine. I agree. You're just fine. I agree. I don't know. I was like tearing. I was like a four minute walk to work, and I was tearing up. My nose was running. I had icicles growing on my face. It was it was a tough walk. You walked like a block and a half to get to work. <laughs> I, that's what I mean. That's how cold it is. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll take the cold. Over I'm always the choosing the heat. Give heat. me the heat, baby. My uh, my apartment also just is always uncomfortably warm. So when it's cold outside, it makes it bearable inside. Ah. Yeah. Like, for instance, when I sleep, I, can't, I cannot sleep when it's hot. Oh, like, yeah, I have sure. to have, like, in the summertime, if I didn't have AC, like, I I don't know how I, I can't. It's like, even in the wintertime, like, I'll turn the heat off at night. And it's like 17 degrees in my room. I'm like, this is perfect. Like, I need a cold when, I, when, I, when I'm sleeping. Uh, give me the uncomfortable heat all the time. Although I do, I like, I like cold days like this versus, like, the weeks-long stretches of rain. At least it's sunny out. I'll take that. Yeah. <laughs> it's Dan Richo, Satyar Shah. When we come back, Yannick Hansen on Canuck Central.